Your reasons for listening to this show, well, those are your own. But just keep in mind that the views, information, or opinions expressed on the Tuttle Daily Podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of our sponsors. Yeah, it's called free speech, people. Nobody's forcing you to listen. One-of-a-kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE. Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, Tuttle. Everything's a goddamn debate. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. This is an interview that I've been looking forward to for a while because, guys, you know that I've spent 22 years in broadcasting, radio broadcasting, and I've had to learn about podcasting because it, it, it's different than terrestrial radio. And my next guest, Madison Catania, because I had a bet with my producer on the pronunciation of the last name. Madison, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I'm I am in sunny Florida right now. It does about, look sunny. It's about 78 degrees right now. Where where are you at? So I live in San Diego, but right now I'm in New York and I've been on the East Coast since December. So I'm I'm kind of an East Coaster now, I guess, but we're going home in May back to San Diego. So what what took you to New York? So my husband and I have both been able to be completely remote because of COVID, mm-hmm. so a little yeah. silver lining. And so we went to visit his family in Vermont, and then we just decided to stay in the area for a while. We drove here, so we had to stay for a while or else it wouldn't really make sense. What part of New York? Are you, I mean, are you near the city or? We're a couple hours outside the city. So we're in the Hudson Valley, mm-hmm. um, kind of Rhinebeck Red Hook area. I mean, it's a nice looking place from what I see in the background there. Yeah, it's we've just been living in Airbnbs. And so far, it, you know, I can't really complain. All right. So, Madison, I, uh, you know, you work with a lot of podcasters. You 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 specialize in podcasting. And that that's why I wanted to speak with you, because I want to learn more. You know, like I, like I said at the beginning of the interview that. I have done terrestrial radio for like since 1998 and, you know, I've had to learn, you know, because when I first started my podcast, because I've been on some really, really big shows and they've been nationally syndicated and, and Mm -hmm. huge audiences. And I remember the first week that I started the podcast because I decided to start the podcast at the beginning of 2020 during the pandemic. and the, the first couple of days, I was like, oh, man, 20 downloads, you know, yeah. it, it was it was kind of discouraging. But now, I mean, it, it's it's something that I am very proud of because this is all grown by word of mouth. Like right. I usually most of the online content that I've ever done 
through my radio career is that I've had a terrestrial format to be able to promote it. Not, not this time around. So tell, tell people about your business and, and, and what you specialize in. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in podcasting for about three years now, which doesn't sound that long, but I think podcasting is kind of in dog ears because it just mm -hmm. is changing all the time. So that's what I like to say, but I started as a producer at a small podcast network and was working on anywhere from 10 to which 15. Which one was that? Which way, what, called, what? Yeah, it's called Podcast Nation um, and they're primarily based in Vancouver, Canada. So um, we work on a lot of pop culture, reality TV type shows. And I was working on about 10 to 15 shows at any given time. And a big part of my role there was booking guests for our podcasts and then booking our podcast hosts on other people's podcasts and trying to facilitate cross promo opportunities. And that's kind of where the idea from Wildcast came about uh, because it was, I was just doing everything via spreadsheets and trying to collaborate with people. And it was kind of a tedious, difficult process. The, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, in radio, they we didn't like talking. See, because I have primarily worked in FM talk radio. Um, I worked at one of the first FM talk radio stations, Real Radio 104.1 in Orlando. Then I moved over to Tampa. So I've done talk radio all my life. So, you know, I've been a producer on some pretty big shows. And kind of give me an idea as a producer because i i want to know or or hear if there's any differences between terrestrial radio and doing podcasts being a producer yeah in terms of the guest booking process or just in general yeah i mean just in general like news stories uh production you know uh like for example i have a production guy that does all my voiceover stuff, does liners and, and promos right. for me and stuff. Like, I mean, is that something that a podcast producer does? That's not something that I've ever done, but I feel like the role of a producer can go so many different ways. Like I do not edit audio myself. I know how to do a little bit of editing. of a editor for that. So I feel like as a producer, it's kind of more the role that I had was kind of more of a showrunner um, or a project manager where I was just managing every aspect of how that podcast would be recorded and then distributing it and promoting it. Were you pitching pitching topics and ideas and stuff as well? Yeah. For some of our shows, we would help with a lot of the prep work in terms of what they were discussing, either just with their co-hosts or with a guest. Uh, and then some of our shows did that themselves. So it kind of depended on which podcast. Now, you 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 talked about cross-promoting. You know, that is something that's very, very important, okay? Because when I first started my podcast, we did it in radio. We, we, we talked about other shows. You know, the morning show would promote the midday show. The midday show would promote the uh, afternoon drive. Afternoon drive would promote night. Uh, when I first started, like I tried to get on as many different podcasts as I could. And I didn't even care how small the podcast was. I did it like if I could pick up one or two subscribers from that one appearance on that other podcast, 
I was like, it was well worth it because maybe those two people are going to tell, you know, and that's going to turn into four and that's going to turn into eight, 16, you know, and on and on. Yeah. I think what you're saying is so important because a lot of people don't realize that. And I'm sure you realized it initially from the radio world, but so -hmm. many people don't understand the importance of going on podcasts because they kind of see it more as their competition. They're like, oh, if I go on another podcast, then people are going to listen to that podcast. But People listen to multiple radio stations, radio shows. People listen to multiple podcasts. So it's just about reaching the listener wherever they are. Yeah. Tell people your website. If, 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 if people, because there are a lot of podcasters that do listen to my show. Um, if they want to reach out, find out more about you, maybe uh, contact you about your services. How can they do that? Yeah. So our website is gowildcast.com and it's completely free right now to sign up as a podcast, as a podcast guest, um, as a network representing multiple podcasts or an agency representing multiple guests. Um, but if anybody has specific questions or wants to contact me, I'm always happy to be reached by email, which is just madison at gowildcast.com. Now, Madison, this is something that I've learned from doing podcasting. You know, working in radio, you know, we interview famous people all the time. We, you know, like comedians, actors, singers, musicians, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And what this podcast that I've been doing has taught me is that the the normal people, the people with interesting stories. Those are the most real people because the celebrities, they kind of control the narrative. They're not going to be real. They're not going to be honest with you. And I've done some interviews with people that I thought were just going to be just horrible interviews that turned out to be just brilliant Mm -hmm. uh, because they were real. It was raw. You know, they, they weren't holding anything back. Is, is that something that you've experienced doing podcasting stuff? Yeah, I think definitely because like what you're saying, they're so image conscious. If you do have that large of a following and sometimes you'll see celebrities, you know, they're doing the rounds on podcasts or radio or television because they're promoting a project. And then it just kind of turns into the same interview over and over again, because they're just wanting to plug whatever they have coming out. So I do feel like it can be really limiting to just go after that one type of person. You know, it's funny. Uh, I don't I don't believe in it, but one of the most popular, most downloaded uh, podcasts that I've done was with a guy that is a flat earther. He believes in flat earth. and. You know, like I, I went about it in a different way. You know, um, the type of radio I've done, you're always wanting to debate. You want to do that. And I was like, you know, I, the research I was doing on the flat earthers, I mean, you you can give them anything and they're always going to have something uh, to rebuttal your opinion on. And I really didn't debate them. I just I, I wanted to hear his side of the story. and. I was shocked because I, I never thought in a million years that my audience would like be into that, but it just, it, it blew up. No, I, I feel like that's definitely something people don't want to listen to because just hearing that type of content and hearing people share opinions or beliefs that differ from your own. I mean, 
that's more interesting to listen to, in my opinion, than just people talking about stuff you already know or you already agree with. So that's pretty cool. Now, this is something. Okay, so you produce podcasts. You know, I got a producer. I got to tell you, if you ever want a great producer that is on top of stuff, get get a guy that served in the Marines because they are meticulous to detail on things. But I recently did an interview and he wouldn't even give me the audio of it because of the and And when we get done with this, don't hang up. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it. But I did this interview and. <laughs> It went completely sideways, like big time sideways, because, you know, I've worked in radio all my life. And then, you know, I was interviewing this woman that was a conservative, you know, I'm uh, and, and listen, I, I, I don't I don't lean either way, but it just went sideways. She kept cutting me off. She kept cutting me off. Oh, uh, I, I, I think my connection was bad. So I think we're going only audio here. Sorry. Okay, perfect. No worries. Yes. Yeah. So, 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 so what I'm trying to say is that, um, that I did the interview and she, you know, complained, uh, you, you know, how most of the uh, Fox News pundits and stuff, they're all like, are you going to let me finish? Are you going to let me finish? And I was right. polite. I apologized to her. And then when I blew her her point out of the water, she did the same exact thing to me and she got all pissy and and and, and it was great because that's the type of radio that I've done in my <laughs> yeah. life. But then I, then my producer did some research and found out some of the people that she is connected to. And I was like, OK, maybe it's not a good idea to play that interview. But I mean, I do have it banged. Right. So. You know, I don't know, like as a producer, like what would you have done in that situation? Would you have let the let it ride, let it eat or hold it back? Yeah, I, I think it kind of depends on exactly what the situation is, but we definitely have podcasts where we have to cut things out before it's distributed because somebody says something that's offensive and it's at the end of the day, it's not worth offending people and hurting people over that one thing that they said. But I think for the most part, what's nice about podcasting and radio is that you, it kind of speaks for itself. Whereas if you're reading entertainment news, you might see a headline and then that's kind of mm. the gist of it. That's all you get. But if you're listening to an entire interview, you can really hear both sides of the story as long as there's not a ton of editing. Um, oh, I so don't edit. I, I never edit. Like, uh, you know, like if somebody gets me, like if they get one over on me, like they got me, like I right. will, I will, I will leave that in there. I like the rawness. Like here, I'll give you an example. Okay. I had a guest on, uh, Christina Fitzgibbon Bryan's matter of fact, I need to get you in touch with her because she is an amazing guest. Oh, awesome. Uh, she called the, uh, DNA sleuth. Okay. Okay. So, so I did one of those ancestry DNA kit things. And not only does she take that, but she like physically does the research, the forensics, all that good stuff. And I'm going to have her on soon to get the results. And, and I told her when we first did it, I said, I do not want to know anything that you have found out until we were record, you know, right. Be because 
you know, like a lot of these podcasters, they're just normal, everyday people. Okay. You want to get that first reaction. Is that, is that something that you would, would, would advise on? Oh yeah. I think that definitely is what people want to hear out of podcasts is authenticity. And if you're doing too much prep and too much planning, or you're doing too much editing on the back end, I think that really takes away what people enjoy. And, you know, some guests that we book, they'll ask for all the questions in advance. No, and I, I don't love that. I think, you know, nope. I would give people what they're comfortable with if that's something that they really need. But I think it's kind of nice to just be more in the moment because you do capture that more genuine, authentic reaction of everything that's going on in a conversation. Yeah, I remember when I first started interning in radio, um, I brought a guest into the studio before we were on the air. And I got completely bitched at like for a, a week, you know, and yeah. And the host explained to me, it was like, you want that initial meeting of meeting a person on the air. Right. I, I, oh, yeah, I, definitely. I, I, I really do. Now, what are some of the things right now that the, the shows that you're producing? Well, give me an idea of some of the topics and stuff that they are talking about. So when I first started working for the network, the first show that we worked on was somebody who used to be on a reality show. And mm. so it kind of accidentally branched out from there. So what I work on mostly, um, and I, I don't is do that. Niche, it, niche, is it, are you doing a lot of niche type podcasting? Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not there full time anymore because I am dedicating a lot of time to wildcast now, but um, it is a lot of pop culture and reality TV and comedy. Um, so almost every podcast that I've worked on has been in that space with a few exceptions. Like there's one that I've worked on about women in healthcare and one that I've worked on about travel, but the majority tend to be in that pop culture space. Mm -hmm. Wildcast. Now say I am a new person getting into podcasting. What does your website wildcast like? What, how do I even go about it? How can they, because I, I'm a broadcaster. But just the people that are wanting to do podcasts, maybe to promote their business and stuff like that. Um, give me an idea of just walk me through how you help out the amateurs. Yeah, well, I think in terms of what you were saying earlier with you go on podcasts, even if they have a small audience, just because that's a couple people you can reach. I would think about it the same exact way as a guest. So as a guest, I would you know, if you can, if you have the time and resources, I would say yes to anyone who's willing to interview, because I think it can either just lead to a great conversation or it can lead mm -hmm. to promoting your business. But in terms of wildcast, you sign up for free and you build a profile that's similar to a LinkedIn profile, but specific to podcasting. And so, mm -hmm. like I said, I would really suggest doing any podcast that is interested in having you on because we have a space for guests to put past appearances. And that really helps book future appearances. Um, and so you just kind of fill out what types of podcasts you're interested in going on, a uh, little bio about yourself, podcasts that you've been on before, uh, some keywords and topics that you might be interested in. And then you can go either add people on the platform or allow them to add you or a little bit of both and just try to network with people within the podcasting industry. On the line with me right now is Madison Catania. 
I got that. See, I got it right. See, I, I lost the I lost I lost the bet to my producer now. So, um, I'm I'm sure I'm gonna have to do something stupid to repay it back. But oh no, um, now you're you're talking about the guy. Now I'll admit, I I'm just like you. I will interview anybody, and there have been some interviews that I've done. I was just like, oh man, this is bad. But that's the thing about podcasts, though. You know, if if you if if it's not great, just you know, throw it throw it on the shelf. Maybe you can salvage it some way. But right. for, for for the most part, like I interview everybody. Like I I tell people, I I will interview anybody. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool because, like you're saying, you can. It's always good to have a backlog of episodes that you can go back to, or maybe you're doing an episode in the future that's different parts of a few different interviews and you can include highlights there. I don't think it's ever really a waste and you don't really know until you enter the conversation, what it's going to be like. So you just can't really go into it knowing the outcome. Yeah. What is one of the guests that you have had or on the shows that you produce or, or, or with your website wildcast? Um, one of the ones that you're like, eh, this might not be a great interview, but it turned out to be one of the best ones. Mm, that's a really good question. I think whenever that happens, when I'm booking the podcast that I've worked on, a lot of them are really big within their categories, like top one or 200 of their Apple podcast category and mm -hmm. larger followings on social media. Uh, but then every so often you book someone who maybe doesn't have the biggest following in terms of numbers, but they just have a really great message. And one person we booked for a podcast recently, um, are you familiar with the Peloton bike? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was, it was one of the instructors of the bike and she does have a significant following. She's definitely they not seem really extreme, like over the, like they're like, you know, yeah. Like, you know, that's the type of guest that you want. Right. And, you know, she wasn't, she hadn't done a ton of podcasts. She didn't have millions of followers, but she had a good fall, a good loyal following. And we were just like, wow, she's, she's so incredibly well-spoken on the bike and just has that energy. Wait, she did the interview on the bike. Like, I mean, no. Wow. Oh, okay. I was <laughs> I about to say that. Yeah. That would have been badass. That would have been pretty cool. Maybe, maybe next time, but, um, you know, the podcaster I'm talking about, she had had people with millions and millions of followers and um, that in the episode with this Peloton instructor outperformed like almost all of those and got the best feedback of any episode just because we recognized her energy just from social media and from Peloton. Um, so that was a that was a pretty cool one. Have you know, because I've experienced this in radio and and I, I don't want to keep you on too long, but um working in radio like we've i've experienced some very awkward interviews um yeah. and one of the most awkward interviews that we ever did uh tracy morgan came into the studio oh no and it was so awkward oh my god but i i like that awkward type stuff like i'm a fan yeah. of the tv show the office and there were there oh, were so too. many so many awkward moments on that TV show. I say awkward, the better. Uh, yeah. But but the host, the host was just because uh, Tracy, he wouldn't come in and tell 
because you know these touring comedians they they always bring an opening act that tours with them and he wouldn't do the interview unless that we brought uh, his opener in with him at the same time and they were just like uh, we had a female co-host on the show and he kept going he's like yo tiffany i want to take you behind the school and i want to get you pregnant girl and it was just it was it was just like it was like the whole time i was like god and then oh, they no. just kept, they the whole time like him and his opening act, act just kept saying shucky ducky quack quack after everything it was just like it was almost like they planned it like they were like all right we're gonna go in here and we're gonna be as awkward as we can and make these people uncomfortable but i loved it i, I absolutely loved that interview yeah. That's great content. It sounds like, I mean, I, we've had some people who are big celebrities who come on podcasts and they're, they're like that, where they're like, I feel like so, a lot of celebrities can be very moody. But do they don't... talk down to podcasters though? Do, do they feel yeah. like, yeah, no, 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 no. Because I, the reason I asked that is that, you know, I think everything is swing to the podcasting format. Radio, right. radio is dying. You know, with this pandemic, I, I still have a lot of friends on radio. Do you realize that they're basically most likely, you know, like I worked at, at iHeartRadio in, in Orlando and we had seven radio stations. And now that the big bosses have figured out, hey, everybody can work from home. Why do yeah. we need all this space and, and having to pay rent or, or whatever on it? So I really, I really do think radio is dying right now. Yeah. And I think, um, in terms of podcasting, so many people have really looked down on it, but now with some of the people getting into podcasting, like if Barack Obama has a podcast, I don't know how you can say that it's not a serious format to be doing. Like if people like of that caliber are doing it, then what's the argument at that point? What about Rogan? What, what, what are, what are your thoughts on Rogan? You know, I've actually never listened to an episode of his podcast. It's almost like when people talk about classic movies and you're like, oh, I've never seen mm -hmm. the Titanic. And they're like, how would you? And then you're like, I'm never going to watch it because that's kind of a fun fact at this point. I just, I don't. You're just not into it. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm into it because I haven't listened to it, but I don't really have any desire to listen to it. Mm -hmm. Last question. Give me your top th or you know what? I always ask us, give me your Mount Rushmore of podcasters at the moment. So your top four, you top know, four. if we were if we were going to do and we were going to put the faces of podcasters on the side of a mountain, um, who would you put on it? I think my first go to would be Dak Shepard, which I really I have a love hate I, relationship. Well, how do you feel about him? No, I I I like him and anybody that well I don't know him or is him and Kristen Bell still together? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, anybody that can land Kristen Bell, like you know, he must have some going good for right. him. So I know I I love her and I think he's just very natural and organic and everything like we were saying that makes for a good podcast. Oh, I loved him in Idiocracy. That was one of my favorite movies that he was. See, in. I like, haven't seen that. Now I have to. I will watch that one. Yeah. Um, I think he's great. I'm trying to think because a lot of the podcasts I listen to are ones that I've worked on in the past that, you know, some of them I don't All right, know. Well, well then promote, promote your shows. Oh, okay. Well, one, so one that I haven't worked on, but co that comes to mind is, um, I love true crime. So I love my favorite murder and the podcast. And that's why we drink. 
Those Mm -hmm. are both two of my true crime go-tos. And then in terms of podcasts that I've worked on, the travel one I was referring to, it's called The Trip That Changed Me. And it's an interview podcast, but it was really hard to find guests because we were trying to find really unique travel stories. Um, But ultimately we were able to find a lot of people who shared full travel stories. And I think that's a really good one at the moment because we can't really travel. So you kind of- Did Anthony Bourdain ever do a podcast? I don't think so. Man, I I think that would have been amazing. You know, I know he was already busy with the TV stuff, but hearing him just talk. Oh, that would have been incredible. I I think it would have been great. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree with that. So, yeah, I think trying to live vicariously through TV shows and movies and podcasts in terms of travel right now has been kind of helpful. Oh, where is my fourth spot going to? I think one of... Another podcast that I worked on that I kind of refer to is about women in the medical field. And I think it's a really oh. interesting one because it, it highlights people from all different um, backgrounds and career paths. And it's super relevant right now with everything going on with coronavirus. Mm. It's called the WOMED, which stands for women in medicine, or it's kind oh, of wow. like an abbreviated version of that. And um, she just has some really Dude. cool guests. Do yourself a favor and well, I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to check out a, a, a mediocre time with Tom and Dan mm. out of Orlando. OK, I'm writing that down. Um, These are two guys that I worked with in radio. They they got offered big time radio contracts to resign and they walked away from my heart radio and everybody thought that they were crazy for doing it. Yeah, but but now like they they own they own their own building. They got a green room. They got a studio. They got like everything you could think of. And and I got to tell you, they're they're killing it right now. So I I would love for you to check them out. Yeah, and and I would love to hear your thoughts. It's called a mediocre time with Tom and Dan. I found it. It looks like it's super successful. They have a ton of reviews. Yeah. So uh, Madison Catania, tell people once again how they can check you out. Yeah, the, the website that you can go to to sign up is gowildcast.com or you can reach me personally on our Instagram is at gowildcast or my email is madison at gowildcast.com. Madison, I want to thank you for taking the time to be able to come on with me and everything. I hope you enjoyed this interview. I hope I it did. wasn't I hope it wasn't too amateurish, you know. Oh, not, <laughs> not, at, not at all. I really enjoyed this. And thank you so much for having me on. All right, Madison, have a wonderful day. Say, nerd? I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality? Professionally? I'm not in the best position that I've ever been in. And hot talk satirizer? You would think with everything that's going on, a Caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an African-American or a minority. You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Wish you could have just flown and had your vehicle arrive a day or two later so you can enjoy more time doing what's important to you? Well, you can. Just give Starfire Transport a call. Let the professionals do the driving while you're flying. Starfire Transport specializes in RV and auto transport. They'll also haul watercraft from boats to PWCs, cargo trailers, and more. Service available throughout the continental United States. So don't wait. Call Brian today at 574-349-4193 or 989-751-6106 for your next move. 10% off for veterans past or present. Also, make sure to tell them Tuttle sent you for an additional discount. That's Starfire Transport. 
Do you have something you want to say? Hey, what kind of preacher is you? Leave Tuttle a voicemail. Because you're kind of ignorant. Especially if you think he's being an asshole. No mega bitch! Will your hurtful comments offend Tuttle? No, baby! Call the show at 407-270-3044. No, baby! All right, guys, welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Joining me on the phone right now is Clint Pulver, but I also got my co-host, The Rock. The Rock, how are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, man. It's a beautiful Wednesday down here in Tampa, Florida. Hot as shit, but hey, better than snowing. Yeah, now, the reason I wanted to have you on is because I am a uh, Gen Xer, and my next guest, I guess, specializes in talking to millennials and the gen z what what are you Sirac? uh what's the 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 date range I, I'm, I, born, well, I'm born in 89 you, all right here let's just bring our guests on clint pulver is joining now <laughs> did, did i did i uh pronounce the last name right clint you killed it you, you did you were you're amazing Never now really. clint what what is the age age range of the millennials and the gen zers yeah, so it depends. So, Sirach, you're kind of like right on that cusp, man. Between hell yeah, 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 millennial and 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 the Xers, dude. So you can call yourself whatever you want. Now, <laughs> all right, I like that. I like that. Now, Clint, Clint. So before we get into the interview, tell tell people a little bit about yourself. Tell people how they can find you online, social media, your website, and they want to be able to contact you. How can they do that? Yeah, so clintpulver.com is the website and then all the social media channels. So Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all the things, Twitter. Uh, and then uh, the book, the new book is on Amazon. You can just type in I love it here on Amazon and uh, nice. check the, new, the new read. Now, Clint, let me let me ask you. So do you offer like when you write a book, do you offer it like audio style and do you read your own book or do you get like one of your big time like clients or celebrities to read it for you? Oh, dude, I, I, I have read the book like 64,000 times, I swear. I mean, you, you go through every page and you edit and you re-edit and you edit how, again. So, yeah. so how does that go? Like, do you have a producer that's like, oh, man, you, you kind of stuttered. You didn't seem confident on that line. Can we redo that? Like, how, how does that work? Totally. Like if you're doing the audiobook, like you're yeah. recording mm -hmm. the audiobook version. Yeah, it's 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 a painful process. Uh -huh. it, it's you read a sentence, uh, your inflection was off. Or you paused or hey, just so you know there's a comma there, so you need to, you know, act like there's a comma. Is it uh, weird reading your own words? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn, did I just say that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> we should put that in a book. Yeah. Now, did you did you have a ghostwriter or no. Did, no, you wrote this all on your own? No, we tried it. We tried it at first because uh, writing to me like my version of hell would be, you know, putting somebody in a room and making them write a book like that is like, oh, I, so I, at first I was like, I, I need some support and help. And it just didn't work, man. It right. was not it was not me. It was not my voice. And it I I, I wanted that the book needed to be that. and so. I ended up writing the whole thing myself, man. And then I had a, a million developmental editors that helped make my mess of a message into an actual message. 
wait, but backtrack from recording. You said you actually the audiobook, it's you reading it, right? Yeah, it's me reading it. Yeah. Oh, so I okay. read it and I I wrote yeah, the ad the, the so physical part. people don't people don't think realize how important that is. And I and I, I don't want to cut you off or anything like that, but I'm actually part of a, a little book book club with a couple of friends that we've been doing it for a few months now. And I listen to a ton of audio books. And that's not reading, man. Listen, it is. It's how you how you get the information, whether you're reading or, or hearing it. But that's besides the point. But I will say this with audiobooks, it's so like more meaningful when you can actually hear the author reading his own words, because, you know, now you know how they are, per, 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 you know, um, their perception of what they're reading, how they sound, how they pronounce certain things versus having like, you know, not saying my imagination is shit or anything like that but versus having like to you know kind of pretend on who is what and and what the what message is trying to be portrayed so that's great that you did that i'm sure it was hard work thank you and i agree man like yeah every book should be read by the author just makes it a better experience now sarak i don't i don't know if you know this about our guest Mm -hmm. he is a drummer and actually was a part of a drum line. You also did a drum line with the Utah Jazz as well, too, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I coached the Utah Jazz drum line for a long time. What is a drum line? Well, you never saw the movie. Uh, oh, oh, okay, Clint, before he even says anything, this dude is like a movie savant. Like, he's seen every... I mean, Tuttle's nickname should be like Blockbuster or Home Video because he's seen <laughs> every single movie, the title, the characters, the plot, and even know the people in the credits. So forgive me if like I don't know. I'm good with what happened in the movie, but not necessarily the names. But I haven't seen Drumline. It's okay. All it's all but, but, but what I'm trying to say, though, is that like, you know, most of the big Drumline bands that I see the best are like FAMU, Bethune-Cookman and stuff. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I hate the stereotype. As a white person, I have horrible, <laughs> horrible timing and rhythm. And and I just think that's it. That's like incredibly impressive. Uh, how many people like what was the biggest drum line that you ever like w- oversaw? Uh, so, I, I mean, the, the Utah Jazz drum line was was 22 members. And then I coached uh, the drum line at a, a university called utah valley university i did that for uh almost seven years as well and that was anywhere from 25 to 30 drummers now do you guys choreograph like you know because when i saw the movie like drumline i was like man everybody was just like getting into it Mm -hmm. like i mean did you guys go over the top with like tricks and gimmicks and stuff yeah dude so it was so the 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 drumline at the university was called the green man group it's kind of like a spinoff of the Blue Man Group, and <laughs> drummers, no, no joke, they dressed up in these in green morph suits. Nobody knows who they are. They don't talk, but you mm. put drumsticks in their hands and they just shred. We had break dancers, we had fire dancers, we had. I mean, it was it was a full on show. It was an entertainment experience, not just how, a drum line. How long have you been drumming for? I've been drumming for twenty two years. Jesus, how do you even get started in that? Like my dexterity and my fingers, like, I, I mean. I feel like I should have web fingers the way I can't like really <laughs> move around too easily like that. So it's kind of a crazy story. I was the kid that in school, I always had a hard time sitting still. Like mm-hmm. I just tap, 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 tap. Everybody called me the twitcher in school. I got nicknamed <laughs> the tapper. I just, you I'm got ADHD though? Like, yeah, yeah, you a- could call it that. I've never been diagnosed, but I just had a hard time focusing. 
and you know, if you're sitting in a meeting and someone's clicking their pen or they're tapping their foot and you're like, seriously, if you do it one more time, right. Bad will happen. And it was annoying. And all the teachers would tell me to stop. And one day though, I had this teacher and his name was Mr. Jensen and been teaching for a long time. And he told me as I was tapping in class, he said, listen, Clint, I need to see you after class. Stop tapping. We're going to have a conversation. Like, oh, shit. Here we go. Out of school as a 10 year old. And class dismissed. Everybody leaves. It's me and Mr. Jensen. He takes me to the back of the room. He sits me down. He says, listen, you're kind of the kid that's on the list. Like all the kids, all the teachers, they talk about you. You're kind of the problem kid. You tap in my class and you tap in everybody else's class. I know you get bullied, get nicknamed because you just can't sit still. Did you get bullied? You got bullied a lot? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. People for tapping. Yeah. Yeah. Just like they constantly be like, dude, what's your was problem? It like a school for like the blind it's or something true. to where like everybody's ears are super sensitive and like, oh, shit, who's tapping? Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell if it's Morse code or not. You know, I just would move a lot. And it was it was, you know, I can see how that's annoying over time. But, you know, the crazy thing is he Mr. Jensen, he looked at me and he said, listen, I've watched you, though. It's crazy. I, I sit back and you'll start writing with your right hand. And then you'll start tapping with your left hand. And he's like, and then you switch the pen and you'll start writing with your left hand and then you'll type with your, your uh, right hand. So you're and ambidextrous he, then. Yeah, he looked at me. He said that. He was like, I think you're ambidextrous. And I was like, no, I'm Presbyterian. He's like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. He said, all right, can you tap your head and rub your belly? And I literally, without thinking about it, could do it. And he's like, well, then switch it. He's like, can you rub your head and then tap your belly? And back and forth without even thinking about it, I could do it. And he said, you, you know, I just did that right now, right? Like, yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, can I do that? Can I do that? And he looked at me and he said, Clint, I don't think you're a problem. I just think you're a drummer. Mm. And he went back in his desk and he opened up the top drawer and he reached inside and he took out my very first pair of drumsticks. Wow. Do you still have them? No, I shredded those things, man. Oh, <laughs> just was crying somewhere. Yeah, I played, I played with them all the time, and 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 obviously drumsticks, it's wood, and so it just deteriorates over time when you hit hard things. And but, dude, he created a moment that changed my life. And now, Clint, yeah, oh, or, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. No, no, Clint. All right, so you know, I see a lot of these motivational speakers, okay? Yeah. And they don't, they don't seem genuine. They they really, really don't. You know, one one of the ones that I really, really am digging right now. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on Gary Vanyarchuk? Yeah, so Gary's Gary's real, you know, right? Like Gary, Gary tells you how it is. Gary's not a polished keynote. Gary comes out and he talks about whatever's literally on his mind. Like every keynote's different. There's no canned presentation there. And obviously people are receptive to that. Right? Now, do you unique speaking style? Go ahead, Sorak. So, so you know, totally you brought up the Gary uh, Gary V. Do you think you know? And I love motivational speakers. Hell, I, I love motivating other people um, myself. But do you think like like think of uh, what's the other guy? Uh, oh God. Like Tony Robbins. Tony, yeah, yeah, Tony Robbins, right? Do you think it's less inspirational when it comes from someone who's already like there? You know, like versus like, say if I mean, nobody will listen to a homeless guy giving a motivational speech, right? Because he's homeless. But, you know, I, I think a part of me feels like it, it should motivational speakers should always be like your average 
everyday guy. It shouldn't be, you know, some multimillionaire or, you know, some CEO of a billion dollar company, you know, or anything like that. It should be, you know, everyday me and you type. Yeah. And I think that everybody's got a story. Everybody's got some experience. Everybody's got some lesson they've learned that is of worth, right? And right. if you're a speaker, you've just marketed that message. But anybody, anybody's got a story to tell. We've all got a perspective. We've all got an upbringing and something that we've experienced in life or something we've overcome. And yeah, I, I think, again, it goes back to kind of title what you were saying in that presentation style. You know, are you authentic? Are you someone that people can relate to? Um, do you like freestyle it when you get up on stage or do you like a comedian comedians work on their routine over and over and over again but like are you getting up there and just going with it or do you have an idea of when you're speaking in front of a crowd yeah i always have an idea i always i for me every every speech is kind of the super bowl and i try my best to plan and prepare now i i, I love speaking to kids I do a lot in the high school, middle school arena. And then I love speaking to teachers. So that's a different presentation. And then we speak to all of the corporate and entrepreneur conferences. And it, every audience is different. And one thing I learned as a speaker is that every, every audience member is always asking the question, let me know when it gets to the part about me. Mm -hmm. Right. Let me know when what you're saying, let me know why I should care. And so it's my job to make sure that that's authentically being received in a way that brings value to the listener. So not every speech is the same. They're not all, it's not a canned presentation, but just like a comedian, I have my certain stories. I have my right. areas of expertise. I have my background. I have my research and I, I, that's my lane. So I stick in that lane, but also no two keynotes are the same because every audience is different. Have you ever gotten up and you've done a presentation or a speaking engagement and felt like you bombed? Like, yeah, totally. man, that was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially with high school kids. They will let you know. I, I think they're, it's the hardest. Wait, audience you're getting heckled. Ever. You're getting heckled by high schoolers. <laughs> Get up the stage. Yeah, right. 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 Go figure. Dude, if you can, if you, I, I claim this till the day I die, if you can get into, I call it the lion's cage. If you can go in a gymnasium, a high school gym surrounded by thousands of high school students and you can survive for 45 minutes, <laughs> man, you can speak to anybody. Yeah, that's true. High school kids are brutal, man. Yeah, they will eat you alive. So it was a good, so, it was a good place to learn how to speak. So what do you so when you go into these, you know, these uh, uh, these these talks or when you're speaking to a crowd, like what's like I know you said every crowd, every audience is different, but like what's your goal like you know you go in you say certain things do you like you follow up as well to make sure it's like implied or it's just like hey i'm here you should do this all right peace out yeah sometimes it depends on the event it depends on the conference it depends on the organization some just want some entertainment right they bring somebody in and they want you to get everybody right. started and, and ready to go for an event sometimes it's more of a deep a deep dive i started the undercover millennial program Five years ago, when I would go undercover into organizations as someone who was looking for a job, and I would go and do that with a company, and then I'd go speak to all of their executives and their managers and show them what I found. So that presentation is like a deep dive into culture, into what's working and what's not. Right. So oh, is it a workshop? Is it a keynote? Is it a consultation? It just always depends. Man, I bet some of those, I, I man, those interviewers must have been like, man, he got me. 
I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it almost reminds me like a, a corporate version of 21 Jump Street or something where oh, or like, like you're going in there. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like you're going in there and posing and then you're like, oh, man, yeah, this this guy is horrible. He didn't ask the right questions and stuff. Now, Clint, let me ask you, is there is there a person that stands out in your mind that has talked to you and said that one of your your talks have like motivated them, touched them, changed their lives? Yeah, absolutely, man. I after a high school event, I had a little a, a girl. She was a freshman in high school and she came up and she had tears in her eyes and she handed me a note. And he just looked at me and there was a lot of high school kids around. I had just finished the speech uh, and she handed me the note and she said, I don't need this anymore. And then she walked away. And oh, I, I think I know what it is. And I just I put the note I, I put the note in uh, in my pocket. And I didn't read it until I got out to my car after the event. Can 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 I guess? <laughs> it was can, her phone can, number. Can, no, 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 no. That that would be bad. But it, it was a, it was a bad. it was a suicide note, wasn't it? It was a suicide note. Yeah. And she had planned that day, that afternoon, when she got home, she was going to take her life. Oh and, wow! That was that was a fairly like pivotal moment for me, because you know sometimes you're right, you guys. You know, motivational speakers they can get a bad rap, or like people are like, oh, geez. You know, why would we bring in a motivational speaker? My life has been impacted by good speakers, people mm -hmm. that created moments that they were so good on stage for that one hour and they got to me and they opened up a window where I said, you know, man, that's that's what I needed to hear. That was a life changing little moment. Or I'm yeah, gonna, I got I, I got to get I got to get you in touch with my uh, good friend, uh, Mark Merrow. I don't know if you are a wrestling fan at all. Um, like pro wrestling or like collegiate, like wrestling? pro, like like pro wrestling, like you know WWE yeah, type yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, cool. Uh, do you remember Johnny B. Bad, Mark Miro? Yeah, he was married to Sable. He, you yeah. know that's what he does now. He goes around, you know, because of COVID right now. He was touring and hitting like 240 mm -hmm. schools a year, Damn. talking to high schoolers. You know, yep. talking about them because, you know, here in this country. Um, Clint, I don't know if you know this at the end of 2019, I, I attempted suicide and, you know, I ended up being institutionalized for 10 days and came out of it as a better person. And I just don't think we take mental health as seriously as we do need to be in this country. I mean, just, I mean, look at the mass shootings and stuff. People, yeah, right. You know, I, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's massively, I, th I think it's so important to be talking about it, to be making sure that people are aware of it. The Hawthorne Institute, they did a study two years ago and they showed that the, a, a high school student in one day will have anywhere from 15,000 to 60,000 thoughts in one day. But Jesus. what they also found is that 80% of those thoughts were negative. Thoughts like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I, I don't sit at the cool table at lunch. Thoughts like, I only got 67 likes on my Insta post. Yeah. yeah. I can it's, imagine it's, growing up with like Instagram in high school. Yeah. That, that, that it, changes the game. Another whole nother it's, world. Is it, it, is it because of social media, you think, though? I think that's part of it. I think there's lots of components. It, it's, it's all the things. It's all the things, uh, you know, some of them come from broken homes. It's relationships, it's mm -hmm. friendships, it's bullying, it's stress. 
it's it's peer pressure it's bad parenting it's i mean it's all there's a lot of things and there's not enough outlets like to vent you know like it, it shouldn't have to take um you know someone to come in to to speak to everyone you know once a year twice a year to to drive home the message i mean i'm i, I mean i i haven't been in high school in a very long time i don't know if they have like you know counselors or anything like that or, or mental health counselors but they should and it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be seen as something that's like frowned upon or like or you have some type of problem because these are issues that we all internally deal with on the daily basis, whether you're, you know, your child, a, a, a grown adult or not. And I, I'm glad, though, I do feel like it's becoming being brought to light a lot more, especially, you know, with COVID and the pandemic and people having to stay at home and all that stuff. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a big advocate for, you know, mental health awareness and, and, and all that stuff. Yeah, it's important. It is very important. Now, Clint, so, I mean, or go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Sorak. No, I was going to ask. So, so, Clint, you know, uh, you know, when you go in and you give these talks, like I, I had a question. So, like, who is is your Clint for you? You know, you said, you know, I know the teacher gave you the drums, but who is like truly like you're like you're you see yourself in yeah, or motivated you? I'm sorry. Vincent obviously was one of those people. I have I have kind of this. It's called a board of mentors in my life. Uh-huh. And it's just people that are kind of living and breathing the life that I want to live. You mm-hmm. know, they're doing the things that are they've they've modeled something in their life that I find admirable, something that's valuable, something that when I'm with them, I like myself best. These are people that I just I, I don't know, I'm drawn to because of who they are, the things they've done. And I think great mentors connect people to their dreams, right? You have any great mentor right. in your life, and they were somebody that could help you get to where you want to go. And those mentors have been a critical part of my life. I grew up wrestling, uh, like in high school, and my dad. Oh, was your so weight class? So total. What, there you go. <laughs> what, what, what was your weight class? Because I, I, I mean, I was a horrible. I, the baseball was my sport. I played college baseball. Oh, You're I cool. mean, at a community college, but I wrestled to get in shape because not a lot of people realize that if you want to get in the best shape of your life, try wrestling. Yeah. Amen oh, to yeah. that. Amen to that. Yeah, I wrestled 112 uh, my junior year. Oh, those were the ones you got to watch out for. Yeah, the little scrappy uh, fellas. <laughs> you, hey, do, do you want to – I heard a story the other day because I follow uh, Rex Chapman on social media, and he's got an amazing story. Have you, have you ever heard about his story? No, I haven't. Rex Chapman was like Mr. Basketball in Kentucky, went to Kentucky to play college ball, Played NBA, got into drugs, opiate, big time, and turned his life around. And Rex Chapman told because he played with Muggsy Bogues, and Muggsy Bogues was five three, mm-hmm. and was a, a a wrestler, and and college and stuff. And he put one of the big like Ford six seven on his head within like fifteen seconds. Yeah, and and it was it was crazy. Yeah, that's a fun sport. My and my dad growing up. So my dad was like, he was a state champion, great wrestler, kind of my coach throughout my wrestling career. And every Friday night, my dad would take me to to watch the varsity varsity wrestling matches. And I wrestled at Wasatch High School, and that school is literally known for breeding wrestlers, like <laughs> great wrestlers. Kel Sanderson. I don't know if you know Kel Sanderson. He's ours he's, was Billy Sailor, um, which I, I I talked to Sirak about this. Billy Saylor, he wrestled here in Florida, and he uh, went undefeated. I don't think he brought this up before. 
I, really I think I did. Well, you also got to remember, I've had a lot of head injuries from all the dumb stuff I've done on the radio. So, <laughs> um, but he ended up um, being undefeated. And, you know, when we were wrestling back then, we did a lot of dumb stuff to cut weight. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. he ended up he ended up passing away from from some of that dumb stuff that that they were doing, you know, like wearing the garbage bags, the sweat and all that stuff. It, it it was a very very but I mean it was impressive to see him. Yeah, and just to see how much they can suck weight so quick, it's crazy. Is and there Kel- is there any is there yeah. any sport that you could like? I mean, this is a weird ass question, but like, is there any sport that correlates with what you do now? Like, as far as like what's required and the teamwork and you know the mental toughness, I guess. I I would say wrestling because because speaking speaking that's on your own. Yeah, it's an individual sport. It's an individual thing. You're well, it's a team. It's kind of a team sport, but I mean, it's just you versus the opponent. Exactly. Exactly. When you're on that stage, nobody else is with you. It's you and the audience. So that relates to wrestling. It's just you and the other opponent, right? Yeah, you've got a team. But when you're out on that mat and that whistle blows, it's just you and the other guy. Sirak, oh, okay. see, Sirak, you're the one that has the bad memory because I know I told you the story about uh, cross-facing. Yeah, you told me that, Inscom- but yeah, you told me Rex Chapman, but you didn't tell me uh, the guy you just see. See, as you can see, I am terrible with titles and names, <laughs> but I listen. I can write the best story and, and tell you the best story and remember the greatest plot. But when you ask me, like, what's the name of that? I'm just, I'm, I'm clueless, man. I, I don't know what it is. It's just, I just can't remember names. Is that some? Is that something that you actually specialize in? Like, how? Why do I keep forgetting to remember names? Is it because, you know, I just have bad memory? Is it like the way I'm trying to remember? Is, is I mean, what's going on here? Uh dude, I have no clue. I mean, <laughs> I at least that was honest. That was honest. Yeah, that was yeah, honest. No um, I am not a neurologist. <laughs> your yeah. mom dropped you on your head when you were young, probably. It'd be a lot oh. of Ciroc. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> On the phone with us right now is Clint Pulver. Clint, once again, tell people how they can find out all about you. Yeah, clintpulver.com is the website. They can hit me up on all the social media channels. Brand new book is available on Amazon. It's called I Love It Here. Now, I got to check, check that out. I got to yeah, check that out. Is it um, it's just on Amazon? Yeah, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all places where you can buy books. Okay, cool. I'm going to I'm well, I mean, I was going to say I was going to have Sirach read it, but he's going to listen to it book on tape or whatever. But listen, I, I listen like to you get know, a I read right. somewhere that. So I watch a lot of um, you know who Andrew Huberman is, his neurologist. He has a uh, a YouTube channel, a podcast, whatever. But anyway, he was saying that, you know, when you're talking with somebody face to face, it's better to turn your head and listen with your ears. So I'm a really good listener. And that's why there's a lot of audiobooks because my eyes fail me 90% of the time. It's probably why I it's forget a, names because I'm looking at their mouth instead of listening. Eye ears. contact. Eye contact is all. Am I right, Clint? No, I mean, no, that's wrong. I'm telling you, it's wrong. Yeah. You need to like list, like it may be culturally like rude to not look at somebody when they're talking, but you retain more information when you actually turn your head and listen with your ears. Just saying. Just saying. Clint, what, I mean, what's your take on that, Clint? I mean, I, I, I think it, it depends on you as a person, right? If you if you feel like eye contact helps you, great, do it. If you feel like, you know, you got to look away to listen better, do it, right? 
whatever can help to create the conversation and create understanding and make sure the other people, the other person in the conversation feels like they're being listened to. Right? So think about it in this sense, right? So the past year we've been wearing um, masks pretty much. So actually I work at a bar as well. And yeah. what I'm sure you guys already know where I'm going with this, but when you have your mask on you, it's harder for you to hear because you're so used to like looking at people's lips and kind of like reading yeah. their lips and listening at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So when you just have to listen, it's so much harder just when you're looking at them versus turning your head. So, Hey, I'm just saying it's just science. I mean, don't quote me on it. I'm just saying it's in it's science. So don't yeah. out there. Sounds legit to me. <laughs> now, Clint, Clint, what, what is the, Okay, so I'm sure you've gotten hired to do private speaking events for companies or whatever. What what is like the biggest one that you have done like famous people or just like billionaires or or ones that you were kind of like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe that I am giving a motivational speech to this person or this crowd." Yeah, it's, sometimes it's, it's more about like, man, I get to share the stage with certain people. Like I've mm -hmm. shared the stage with Gary Vaynerchuk. I've shared the stage with Tony Robbins. I've shared the stage with John Maxwell. Uh, th those are really cool moments, you know, and it's they're cool events. Uh, uh, yeah, so I mean, there's been those moments. Uh, honestly, I mean, for me, again, and I said this at the beginning, I really mean it. Every speech for me is the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if I'm speaking to kids right. or if I'm speaking to a Fortune 500 company. It doesn't matter. For me, it's, right. the impact is, is the same, and, and it's, it's go time. That's game time. That's my opportunity to bring my best and to yeah. create moments from the stage. And you're not, like, competing with anyone. You're just telling it how it is. Yeah. You know, so it, it's almost it's, – I'm sure to you, it's, like – it's just, like, talking to, like, your parents or something, like, your friends, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just, like – it's just casual – conversation and yeah it's it's structured to where like you make you know you got a time limit and you want to make sure you get the message across but it, it should never i'm sure it never feels like to you like it's being like forced or anything like that no i love it i love it like don't tell anybody this but i would do it for free i do it for <laughs> I, breaking free. news clint does I, it for free <laughs> somebody yeah right suckers you guys just stop <laughs> paying clint, clint, clint just devalued himself right now saying he's going to do it for free I gotta be honest. I would do it for free. Yeah. Would it's you? A fun, would you? A fun career, man. Would you ever like go to a prison and talk to inmates and do so, a motivational? Or have you ever done anything like that? I have done that seven times, and it has been honestly the most life changing. I'm really glad that you brought that up, Tuttle, because it, man, going into the prisons it has been. Yeah, some of the most sacred, if I can even use that word, sacred speaking experiences. I have, I have do, truly enjoyed that. Do they treat you like noticeably different than, you know, obviously people not in prison? Every, every, every prison group that I've spoken to has been an incredible experience. The love, the support, the, the gratitude that is shown. Uh, it, it, I can honestly say that it has been wonderful wonderful experiences in the prisons wow that's yeah i mean that, that i mean that's that's amazing because you know there's you know there are some bad bad people but there are also people that just have made bad decisions Correct. in their lives that are in those situations yep. and you know i really do feel like you know these non-violent drug offenders and stuff 
that that are locked up for like extraordinary amounts of time, you know, I I really mm-hmm. do think that those people can be rehabilitated. I 100% agree. And, and so, like it like you walk into the prison and like you have this like idea or this this view of like what you see on television. Right. And when you get in I, there, like, you see people that like this is someone you'd go to church with. This right. is someone that's like in your neighborhood. This is a mom, a dad, a like they are regular people and they they made a bad decision, right? Or they're in the wrong place at the wrong time and their life was massively changed. But and there's 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 a lot of incredible human beings in the prison system. One last question. Um when it comes to presidents, you know, you you are a speaker. Who in your opinion is the best speaking? best like just firing up a crowd just can get up there and charm everybody when it comes to presidents as a a public speaker you're talking like 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 political I, right yeah, or, yeah 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 i would i would say well in my i'll give you an example mine is bill clinton i think bill clinton is one of the greatest public speaking presidents that we've ever had yeah yeah barack obama did an amazing job. His ability to tell a story, to rally a crowd, to invoke that that pathos appeal, that, that emotion into a, a, a keynote, very powerful. Mitt Romney wasn't a president, but his ability as well to speak is powerful. Say what you say what you want. Everybody wanted to make fun of George W. Bush, and I thought that uh, that speech he gave right after in front of a full house at the Capitol building mm-hmm. after 9-11 was, was amazing. Yeah, powerful. Yeah, it just goes to show again, like, the power of speech. Yeah. A really great speech can change nation. Change you know what's country. funny? That, like, I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, like, earlier today, I was um, listening to that, uh, the, just because you just brought that up, uh, an audio book, a different one, the I'm sure if you guys have all read it, the, the four, what is it called? The four uh, 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 agreements. And one of the, the topics was uh, the chapters. And I got like maybe an hour in. He was talking about like the word or whatever. And he brought up like that same scenario, how like some people just, if you're really good at it, can literally change the course of history. And um, unfortunately, he was using like Hitler as an example. But, you know, in a, in a positive example, like, a, you know, like you said, a good speaker can literally change the outcome of, you know, millions of people's perception and how they think. So it, it's crazy, man. That's a talent that I think is highly underestimated and, you know, needs to be brought to light. Yeah, the power of good rhetoric is mm-hmm. an amazing thing. Well, listen, Clint, I hope you enjoyed this interview. It's been a pleasure, you both. Thank you for having me. Well, on. once again, tell people uh, how they can check out your stuff before we go. Yeah, clintpulver.com is the website. Hit me up on all the, the social media channels. Uh, the book is on Amazon. It's available for pre-order. Type in I love it here. And again, a special thank you to you both. It's been an honor to be on the show. Yes, I fucked up and called him Chris. I mean, it did, I, I didn't. I, I don't didn't, blame I didn't. you, though, because on his like nameplate thing, whatever, it said, uh, what did it say? CRP uh, something. I don't know. It didn't say his name name. So that kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah, but I didn't bring up like, oh, man, Hitler was a great ass speaker. No, I didn't say that. I said the book I was reading, listening to, referred. Ah, fuck it. Whatever. 
I, mean, I said what, what I want. said. <laughs> say, say, say what you want. Like, I could, I mean, you can't under a guy, you can't understand a goddamn thing that Hitler, why does the German language always sound so angry? Like, I think because they just, I don't think they open their mouths all the way. So it's like one long word, <laughs> you know, like kind of like that. Like, try but, to say a sentence, but don't open your mouth all the way. But like, yeah, and you, you'll basically speak German. I mean, the first I mean, like if you I mean, want to be a dictator, the first thing is you got to pound on the podium while you're speaking I, the whole time. Yes. Yeah. You got to have a good ass podium too, like one that projects that's sturdy. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, 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 you think that they're micing up the podium? So like every time he like pounds on it? Yeah, I think so. Or like he has like, a little mic on his hand. Or do you think like. <laughs> does, like oh. Or like, oh, oh, oh shit. Oh. oh. Oh, like, he's, oh, he's like hand work. Play. You think he does hand workouts? Like he yeah, I got his hand out here. Let's 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 see some of this. And he I, has a, like, I, I know this is this, this might get some heat if we play some Hitler audio here. But you know what? You know what? Nobody knows understand. what he's saying. You yeah, nobody say, knows what he's saying. You can say, hey, half off at Crab Shack tonight. <laughs> no, way, German, brothers. The only German video is a shite, I think a shyster video. And I think Scheister. that's like German. That's what German, that means? German shit porn. Wait, what is, is what? I've been saying that word for a very long time. Shyster. I don't know, but. I hope I, it's not that song because I've said it to some, some really public, you know, places. Do, do, do you have some audio there, uh, Mr. Vulture? Well, let me turn my mic down. I, 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 I have a German cousin. Maybe we should put him on. In jeder Stunde, an jedem Tag, nur zu denken an Deutschland, an Volk und an Reich. Okay. Love using his hands. Yeah. Why are you so far away from the microphone? Oh, all right, now. Wait, all right, stop. We're not. <laughs> You probably, all right, you're all flagged. Right. Watch, watch, you got the FBI busted the door. Like, hey, what you up to? <laughs> I'll leave you on this. Um, you know what? There was a radio show that you know we we always try to be a, offensive as hell, and the band. Well, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just say it. Uh, the monster band. The, we had these big banners done with the the monster M logo on it. Uh -huh. But they were red with white, and then you had the big M logo in there. And it, I swear to God, I don't know if they did it on purpose just to, like, you know, like, is that, is that what I think that is? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I had a couple of people, like. What, a swastika? You know, yes. You could say that. It's not a bad word. This is a symbol. Yeah. It's, uh, how you, it's how you, like. It's how you, I was saying this on my show, it's how you take it in, you know? Somebody can say something offensive, but if you're not an easily offended person, then is it really offensive to, well, I guess it is offensive, but okay. you know what I mean? What about this? If you had <laughs> a, a public speaking, you know how they have rap battles, like eight mile yeah. version? Yeah. And you had Martin Luther King versus Hitler in a speak off. Who went? Speak off. Oh, man. I don't know, man. That's like good versus evil. Because yeah, uh, I mean that 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 is that's like Satan versus like God or Jesus or whatever, right? I mean, because MLK he was a very peaceful, nonviolent. Yeah. 
I think protest, it goes right? into I think it goes into overtime, and I think MLK gets a slight win because of like a a, a tap to maybe like a John F. Kennedy or something like that. Like he tagged him in real quick for like the last two minutes. You know oh, what I mean? It's, yeah, it's like a wrestling match, it's like a double team at the end. Like, oh, he tagged him in, and he just like pins yeah, him. John F. Kennedy so just. Just got done fucking Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, but then, but then, I'm sorry, the team I'm is sorry, called I'm the Assassins, but they're called the Assassins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Oh, here comes the Assassins. Wait. Oh, it's MLK and John F. Kennedy. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dude, you were being really insensitive today. What do you mean? That's not, is it? MLK it was is. assassinated, buddy. Yeah, I know. That's why they're called the Assassins. Um, you know, it's like a, it's like a revenge of the assassins. Why don't we call it? Yeah, that? you're right. JFK like was assassinated too. Yeah, that's why he tagged him so, in. You know what? Fuck it. That was a funny ass joke. So Listen, rocking it. They're all three it, dead. Doesn't matter, right? They're not. They're probably laughing right now. <laughs> oh, Ciroc, the funny joke. <laughs> what? If, what? If, what if they're all like? Well, I mean, would they? If they were, if they weren't killed, how old would they be right now? Like, if they, oh, they would probably still be dead anyway. I feel like. Because MLK would be, what, like ninety something, right? I don't know. Yeah, but How like, would... what if, what, what if, what if they're not really dead? Like, you know, everybody says Biggie and Tupac or Tupac's. What if like MLK? I don't think you can. I don't think you can fake. I don't think you get fake shot in the head. Like, you can't fake that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if they got assassinated and nobody saw it and it wasn't like filmed, then what yeah, if it was. What if it was, it was a stand-in, a body double that was in the car at that time? I don't know. He really, I mean, well, let's see. May 29th, 1970 is when John F. Kennedy was born. So he'd be 104 years old or 103 right, so. years old. He, yeah, he did. I was and just then, saying, what if, what if J- JFK, MLK, and Hitler were all like just hanging out in some resort right now, like a retirement home? And they were, they were just like, I mean, that's a comedy right there r- written all over it. Yeah, like a Comedy Central, like a kind of like a Futurama type. Yeah. Uh, but you couldn't do it, though, because, I mean, it would just be too, it'd be too much. You know what I mean? It'd offend too many people. Well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't be offended, but, you know what I mean? Right now with cancel culture, yeah, right. Good luck trying to make a JFK, MLK, Hitler yeah, anime but, show. <laughs> yeah, but but think about this though. Like, okay, it would it it would be like you know MLK. He's he's like you know lo, you know love love your brother and everything. Right. Hitler's just pissed off at everything in the world. So, Wasn't there a show like that already though? I don't about I Hitler. Don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I guess you could you could you could do it. You could do it. It's just you would. Because they have shows like of George Washington, right? I mean, he's still, he's yeah. a real person. Yeah. He was a good real person. Yeah, All right. Well, well, listen, I got to get off this thing and 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 uh, thank you, Vulture. Appreciate it. But I do. I got to help out the parents with some stuff. So. Oh, man. Thanks, Vulture. And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Like, share and subscribe to the show. Also, Check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. You want some cool-ass sunglasses? Check out vaporshades.com. Also brought to you by Starfire Transport, stitchyouup.com, pocketpairclub.com. Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Lamo for their contributions. 
Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. Show voiceover service is brought to you by jcvoiceover.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him. Check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Comments? Concerns? Or do you just want to let Tuttle know he's being a dickhead? Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two D's at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail at 407-270-3044. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on?